Welcome back everyone to the Happy Spouse, Happy House podcast with Christina Robertson. This is episode five and I am really moved by this subject uh, today and I hope this will be something that will touch the lives of anybody and everybody who listens because I think this is something that we as a society all deal with. And it's something that we just need to get rid of. And um, it's not the easiest thing to do, but we need to try. So I'm just going to go ahead and pray over this episode so that the word and the will of God will just be alive in this. So, Father God, I just ask that you take over this episode and let it be what's in your will and in your way. God, I ask that you just release the Holy Spirit on myself and everyone listening to this podcast. I am I am truly, truly blessed to be given the opportunity to share the words that you have given to me, Father God. I feel like every day the words that you're giving to me through your Holy Spirit is, is out there. It's for someone specific. And I hope that these words can change the hearts and the lives of your people. God, I just ask that you give me strength and wisdom to do what it is you need me to do, to help those that need to be helped, and to give words of encouragement and inspiration to those who need it most. Father, I just ask that you just be present in this. Fill us with your Holy Spirit so that we may honor you in everything we say and do. I love you and I thank you in Jesus name. Amen. Okay. So I'm going to give the credit for this to my pastor because he did a excellent sermon today. And I always used to feel like when somebody took something that I would say or or somebody would take my material and share it. I was kind of offended. I felt like upset that people would share what I was trying to share and take my idea. But then someone told me something so profound that I was like, you know what? I'm looking at this all wrong. God gives words to certain people. But my pastor can only reach those in our church, in our community, But I can reach people in my circle and other people can reach people in their circle. And if we keep spreading and spreading this good news and this word, we can get it out there. Because that's the whole point of the gospel, right? We're supposed to share it. So, well, I'm not taking the credit for this in any way, shape, or form. I just want um, my pastor to have the the, uh, shout out for this, Matt Mosler. He is a great pastor. He always brings fire. And... um, he <laughs> he just knows how to bring it like just the right time. So this episode is going to be more for this is good this is for couples absolutely and I'm going to speak on this subject in couples but this is a personal thing. This is something that each one of us have a personal responsibility that we need to deal with our own strongholds. So this episode is about our strongholds that the enemy has against us. And I wrote some notes down, so I'm going to I'm going to read some notes and I'm going to read some verses that he said, but um I'm going to give my uh my happy ha- my happy spouse happy house twist on it um and pertain it to marriage specifically, but then 
We also have to think about this in our personal lives. So whether you're a husband, a wife, man, woman, whatever, this is for you. So Satan, it's his job to hold us back from everything God has meant you to be. Everything God has meant you to be, Satan's job is to hold you back from that using strongholds. Everybody has a stronghold in one way, shape, or form. Could be anger, could be addiction, could be pornography, could be an eating disorder, it could be cheating, it could be procrastination, it could be distraction, or any of these things can be a stronghold in our lives and in our marriage. And I think it's very important to realize and recognize and point out what our strongholds are. Everybody has one. I'm sure if any of those things I just said are one of yours, it just hits you right when I said it. It stung. Because the same thing happened to me today. It stung when I heard it. I just knew, man, that's it. That's my stronghold. And it's hard to admit. And I think I have some strongholds that I don't even recognize yet. Like I was sitting there saying, you know what? I just have this weird like I might as well share my strongholds with you I have a stronghold of distraction I get easily distracted I put focus into things that aren't as important over other things when I know I need to do something this podcast for example my this whole happy spouse happy house I have put it off for months and months and months and I don't know if it's because like the Lord is pushing me to do it so the devil's holding me back I don't know if it's just me. I don't know, but it's taken me months to get myself to the point where I could share this and be confident in it. So distraction is a huge one. I let the world, social media, TV, I let all that stuff distract me. The other thing is procrastination. I procrastinate and do things at the last minute and it drives my, I, I drive myself nuts doing it, but it's something that is my stronghold and I'm trying so hard to say, you know what? Instead of putting things off, let's just do it when it needs to be done and just get, get, get it over with. Because if I don't, I'll, ne- I'll never do it. And then I'll be so mad at myself for not doing it. And then the last one, I don't know. I can't really put my finger on it. I'm not afraid to speak in public. It's actually a dream of mine to be an inspirational speaker. I would love to get up on stage and do this in front of thousands of people. That's actually a dream of mine. So me speaking out is not the fear. I kind of think it's a fear of success. I have a fear of being successful. I don't know if I fear that the success will turn me into something and not ruin my life, make me, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I have this fear of just stepping out. Maybe it's I, w- I would say it used to be a fear of judgment. I didn't want to be judged or prosecuted for my beliefs, but I've grown out of that. Like I don't, if somebody has an opinion about me or what I say, I don't, ca- I don't, I don't give it any weight anymore. I don't let other people's opinions cloud me or hurt me anymore. But I have this just fear of maybe uh, being good enough. Maybe I have, I think, you know what? I think I have the fear of putting myself out there and putting in all this work and doing all these things and nobody hears it. 
and not one person gets anything out of it. And then I feel like I'm failing God and his purpose for me. Anyways, I went off on a tangent a little bit, but I just wanted to kind of openly announce my stronghold is definitely distraction, procrastination, and just fear of not being heard, I guess. Fear of success, fear of making it. And I don't know why that is. But what I do know is that the enemy uses these things that he knows are our stronghold. A lot of these things come from our childhood. I know that there are people who have dealt with angry parents or alcoholic parents and they grow up to take anger and and show it in a different kind of way like they swear they're never going to be like their parents and they're never going to be angry like that but then they take their anger out in different ways and then it comes in this nasty form that you never meant it to and you never wanted it to and then you end up hating yourself for it or you end up with an addiction like alcoholism or drugs or something that your parents did and you swore you were never going to do it, but somehow it got a hold of you. The enemy is his job. It's to hold us back from what God wants us and has meant us to be. So I want to read a Bible passage that I think this is basically um, the ver- this is the verse about strongholds. The this is where it really comes in, and I'm in Second Corinthians ten three through five. I'm just going to read it real quick. And, um, this, I kind of talk about this a little bit, but I want to just expand on a little bit. So it says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as war does, or or, sorry, as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretentious that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I talk about, you know, taking every thought captive a lot and I think we need to realize that we're not fighting against flesh. We're fighting against spirits. There's spiritual warfare and there's spirits and demons everywhere in this world. And we shouldn't be fighting in the flesh. We're fighting with spirits. And we need to make sure that those strongholds don't overtake us. We need to make sure that every time we have a thought or a reaction to something that we know is like our trigger, you know? Like, one thing I used to do a lot is say, man, I'm so worthless. I'm so worthless. I'm nothing. I'm so dumb. I'm so useless. I used to say that over and over and over again. And you know, when you hear something over and over and over again, whether a parent said it or a spouse or a friend or a sibling, they say it over and over and over again. Even though it's not true, we believe it to be true and it starts to really mess with us. And I used to say this all the time. I'm worthless. I'm nothing. And then I was like, you know what? I literally... Anytime I get like that, I have to stop and go, Satan, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I rebuke that spirit of unworthiness. I rebuke it because you know what? I'm a child of God. I am who God says I am. And I am not worthless. I am I'm so priceless that Jesus himself died for me when he did not have to. He took on my burden and my sin so that I could live forever with him. 
And he, and, and you know what? I'm a horrible human. I'm a horrible person and I sin every day and he still did it. He still did that for me. And he did that for you too. So these verses are really talking about, you know, in the context it was in, it was talking about the strongholds of religion. But really also what it's like referring to is the strongholds from your past, the strongholds from your sin. We are not our past. We make mistakes. We've made a lot of mistakes. But that doesn't mean that our mistakes define who we are. It doesn't mean that we are only as good as our sins or only as good as our past. We can get past that. We can we can uh, grow and we can learn to say, okay, this is my stronghold. We need to admit what our stronghold is. Figure out what it is. Write it down. Whatever you have to do, write it down. Acknowledge the fact. Find out what it is. Then you need to renounce the enemy and renounce it. Like I said, I rebuke that spirit of anger. I rebuke the spirit of distraction. I rebuke that spirit of addiction. I rebuke it because you know what? In Jesus' name, I rebuke it. You have to stand up against these strongholds. You have to. Because the thing about it is, is this, it's God's will for us to be free from all our strongholds. The hardest part about it is it's our choice. God lets us choose. He gave us free will to choose. But a lot of us choose to still live in sin, to still live in our past, to still hold these things against us when when Jesus already died and set us free from it. He already said, you're released of your stronghold through me. I died so that you didn't have to go through anybody else. You just go through me to the Father. You repent and you're forgiven. And that's it. And you're wiped clean. But the person holding us back from this is ourselves. We literally hold our own selves back from God's will because we are stubborn human beings that just, we just can't get past this whole grand idea that, you know, if something's, something's wrong, then it's our fault. You know what I mean? A life that's free is up to me. A life that's free is up to me. God's will is for us to be free, but it's our choice. And we have to recognize that. The last thing is, we talk about we talk about admitting the stronghold, renouncing the enemy, and declaring the truth. You have to declare that God's will is for you to be free and for you to be free of your past, free of your sin. And, and we have to just stand up in the truth of it and say, you know what? God says I am a child of God. God says I'm worthy. God says I am loved. And that's what I am. And stand on that truth. Because if we don't, we're going to let these strongholds overtake us. And it's going to keep us from the things that God has for us. One profound thing that the pastor said today was, we tend to talk to God about our strongholds. But we need to talk to our strongholds about our God. We need to tell our strongholds, hey, you, spirit of depression, God, do you know who my God is? He says that I am, you know, loved and worthy and I should be full of joy and peace. And 
speak to that stronghold and tell it, you know, my God is greater than this. My God is greater than you. And there is nothing more powerful than the name of Jesus. There's nothing more powerful. So the stronghold doesn't have a hold over you. Only if you let it. Whew, this just, this whole thing just gave me goosebumps today because I was like, wow, you know, this is so true. And I know there's strongholds in my own family, in my own marriage that are affecting everything. So I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, okay, well, I have strongholds in myself. Now, now what are the strongholds in my marriage? And, you know, I think that we all have our own personal things. And then there's things that specifically in our marriage that the enemy is trying to stronghold us back from. I think one huge thing that the enemy has a stronghold over. And when I say distraction in this. I will explain more, but distraction is huge because he wants to distract us from spending time with our spouse, from, you know, putting, oh, I have to do the dishes. I have to take the kids to soccer practice. I have to, you know, bake a dozen cookies for the Girl Scout meeting or whatever. We have all these things that we're trying to do and we don't just stop and say, I need to just spend time with my spouse. My spouse is feeling neglected or unloved. I think a huge one, and I... I know I'm going to get some backlash for this, but that's okay because it is the truth and it's happened in my own marriage. Sex is a huge thing in marriage and I don't think we give it enough weight. It's not everything. It's not the only thing. It's not superior over everything, but it's very, very, very important. And we're going to have, I'll probably end up doing a series on this, but there's going to be a lot of episodes talking about sex and intimacy and keeping that up, but... I think the enemy uses that as a stronghold of not, I would say distraction, but also just those little things. I have a headache. I don't feel good. I'm not in the mood. Like, do you realize how many times we could get ourselves in the mood? We really could. We just don't want to. It's just not convenient for us. Or, you know, oh, let's watch our show. Or, oh, I have to put the kids to bed. Oh, I have to get up early. Do you know how often the stronghold that the enemy has over us? Because what happens when we come together? We are one flesh and it and it pleases God and it's good in his sight. And it brings husbands and wives closer together. And the enemy doesn't want that. So I think sex is a huge area in marriage where the devil is literally having a stronghold over couples. He just, it, it's phenomenal how many couples have this fight over sex and like I said I'm gonna have a whole thing on this because I don't think people we give the weight we don't give the importance to sex that we need to we think it's just here for pleasure and procreating and that's it and there's nothing else to it it's so much deeper than that and especially if that's one of your spouse's like really big love languages like physical touch and intimacy like if you don't use or have enough sex then that's going to be an issue um, for whichever spouse that is. And so we got to find a way to um, compromise, work around that, and and do that for our spouse. The other area I think that the stronghold is in is the submission, the the respect, and the pride. I think a lot of times... Pe- one spouse is very either very proud or very stubborn or 
does not want to relinquish any kind of control because I know some people have a, a control issue. And I, I know this too well because I used to want to be in control of everything. And then I realized that me being in control, it doesn't always work because I don't have the mental capacity in certain situations to make the right choices. That's why we have a spouse and a partner to help us make decisions and to be strong when we cannot. So I, th- I just think that enough, not enough people are submitting to one another, not just, not just women to, to, to husbands, but husbands to wives. We're not submitting enough to each other and compromising enough and doing things together and letting our husbands lead and us respecting that and letting them take the lead. And, you know, again, it's not about control. I actually, you know what? I'm going to read something also in my Bible that is really good. So my last um, episode, I was talking about how people were freaking out at me over the whole submissive thing. And um, I think the enemy really uses this, especially as a dividing point, because it's not, I'm going to read you this portion i'm in first corinthians 11 it's 3 through 11 is the verses but i'm actually just going to read the amplified version i know i can i know what things mean but sometimes it's hard for me to describe them in my own words and when i read something that really explains really well i like to read it because i sometimes i just can't put the words together so um i'm going to read this about submission and i think it's the perfect explanation of what it really means because everybody takes submission out of context it has nothing to do with control and dominance okay so here it is submission is a key element in a smooth functioning of any business or family god ordained submission in certain relationships to prevent chaos it is essential to understand that submission is not surrender withdrawal or apathy it does not mean inferiority Because God created all people in his image, and because we all have equal value, submission is a mutual commitment and cooperation. Thus thus God calls for submission among equals. He does not make man superior. He made a way for man and woman to work together. Jesus Christ, although equal to God the Father, submitted to him to carry out the plan for salvation. Likewise, although equal to man under God, The wife should submit to her husband for the sake of their marriage and family. Submission between equals is submission by choice, not by force. We serve God in these relationships by willingly submitting to others in our church and our spouses. God created lines of authority in order for his created world to function smoothly. Although there must be lines of authority even in marriage, there should not be lines of superiority. God created man and woman with unique and complementary characteristics. One sex is not better than the other. We must not let the issue of authority and submission become a wedge to destroy oneness in marriage. Instead, we should use our unique gifts to strengthen our marriage to glorify God. So really, that's talking about um, we are equal. We were taken from man's rib. We are a part of man. But we are not lesser than the other. We just have different roles and characteristics that we complement each other. Women are the nurturers. Men are the protectors. We both complement each other. But 
This is where the stronghold comes in in marriage. The enemy uses it to divide and, and put a wedge between each other. It has nothing to do with authority, control, or dominance. And the second people sit here and say, I will never submit to anybody. No, you had me until you said submit. They have no idea the context. Because when I talk about submission, it has nothing to do with control or force or dominance. My husband never tells me what to do. My husband never asks me to do the things that I do for him when it comes to serving his plate first and doing his laundry and all this kind of stuff. I do it because I want to. And in return, without me even asking, my husband does things for me. He changes the oil in my car, my brakes, he gets me gas. He, you know, he lets me, you know, go and get my nails done. He will watch the kids without me having to even say anything. It's a mutual respect between both of us because we are equal to one another. We have different roles, but we are equals. So I think this is a huge area that is a stronghold in marriage. And the enemy knows that this is an issue. I'm telling you, if I can see thousands of TikTok comments from people every day saying, I will not submit, and then they go on this whole spiel about how they're not going to be controlled or forced, they don't understand the concept. And that's what the enemy is trying to do. He's trying to confuse us by taking the world's definition of these things and pushing it onto people because it has nothing to do with those things. So we need to recognize that the enemy has a stronghold over our marriage and we got to figure out what it is and we got to fix it. I don't know what it is in your marriage. I mean, this is something you can definitely figure out, but sit down with your partner and communicate with them and say, you know, what is the stronghold in our marriage that the enemy has on us? What is he doing? How is he trying to divide us or make us fight? Or what is that stronghold? And then pray about it together and then say, okay, now how do we fix this? For us, sex was a huge thing. It was my husband wanted it all the time. That's his love. That's one of his love languages. His physical touch. I know sex is not technically a love language, but physical time together is very important to him. And since me as the mom has been so overstimulated by, you know, babies and people touching me all the time. I used to get to the point where I was fed up with being touched by anybody because I was so overstimulated that I just couldn't, I couldn't handle it. And then my kids started to grow up and they're not as, you know, needy. And then my husband started traveling long distance for work. And it wasn't until my husband came home after a week, a month, whatever, from being away, we would lay in bed and snuggle and he would rub my back. And I was like, oh my gosh, that feels so good. Like I've been needing that. I've been yearning for that. And I realized that physical touch is something that I need too. I just didn't realize how much I needed it until it was gone and it was lacking. And I think there's a lot of things like that in our marriage that is just, we don't realize until it's lacking that it's something that's needed. But like sex is a huge thing. My husband would, you know, he's like, I could do it every day. I'm like, well, you know, for me, it's I, I, not maybe not every day, but, you know, every couple of days or whatever. So we have really had to say, okay, if it's within this range, you know, every day is cool for my husband. But he's like, if it's a minimum of this much a week, then we're, then I, I feel good. And I'm like, okay. So we compromised on it. Um, when it comes to submission, 
if this is an issue in your marriage, I think you need to just have a conversation about if it's such an issue, you can have a conversation about it. I personally just started doing it rather than talking about it. And I try, I tried to test the waters to see the response. And once I just started doing things for him without him asking, he was kind of like, you know, what's going on? Like, and then I explained him the whole thing. And this is kind of how happy spouse, happy house came about because I started just saying, you know what? I know my husband works very hard for me. I know that he uh, only has the use of one arm. So like things are harder. He's traveling. He's alone a lot. Like, and he doesn't like being alone. So it's like, I realized there were things that my husband was, was missing out on. And so I was trying to say, how can I submit to my husband and do things for him out of love that make his life easier? And my husband does the same thing back to me. He does anything he can to make my life easier. And that's just one way that we have mutual love and respect for each other. We just, we are just givers. We have um, acts of service is one of our love languages. We just love to just, you know, shower each other with, um, I guess, love and attention and doing things for one another. And so we have really had to learn that you know, our strongholds, what they were and how to fix them. And once we did that, things have gotten so much better. Now we still have some sometimes. I know one stronghold that can affect a marriage is like anger. My husband used to have really, really bad anger issues and he's gotten a lot better. But what happens now is, you know, when he gets frustrated or angry with something, I usually end up kind of When I say the punching bag, I don't mean literally, physically. I'm saying like he verbally will just say whatever because I'm the one here and I'm the one that listens to him. And so he'll say things that, you know, he may not mean, but he's just so frustrated at the time. He just spits it out. And we had a conversation the other night and I said, you know what? I love you, but I need to tell you, I can't be your punching bag verbally. I can't, I cannot be it. It's. Luckily, again, I take captive every thought. I'm, I guard my heart. But it's not fair just because he's angry at something f- for him to yell at me. Because it's not about me. The issues I think a lot of couples have is they keep fighting against each other. Not realizing that it should be them together against whatever the problem is. You should take the problem head on together as a couple. Not fight against each other about the problem. And I think that's a, a big reason why a lot of couples get divorced is because they keep taking on the problems as it's the wife and the husband's problem and they're fighting against each other to fight the problem and they're not conquering and being united front and conquering the problem together one person wants to do it one way another uh, another way and then then there's this whole like miscommunication and you don't ever listen to me and all this stuff and I think that's the start of like why these marriages are just falling apart because I can't agree on how to solve problems. That's an issue. So that could be a huge stronghold in your marriage. Um, again, addiction, a lack of respect, lack of feeling loved. I know everybody's <laughs> receives love in different ways. Again, love languages are huge. I'm telling you, but if you don't recognize If a person is feeling unloved, you have to communicate and find out what that person needs because it could just be something simple. Like for me, when my husband's away, 
I feel like, you know, I, oh, now I can get some stuff done. I don't have to, like, there's one less person I have to think about um, because he's not here. I don't have to feed another person. Like, all this kind of stuff. And then I'm realizing that I can't just neglect him because he's away. I still have to give him attention because he's by himself and he needs he needs someone to talk to him being alone with his thoughts too much is not good so he needs someone to bounce ideas off of talk with vent to and so I have to realize that you know I can't just sit here and be like I have all this free time I still have a husband that I have to um help and so I think this this is just something that we just again these things are just not brought up a lot they're not taught in marriage is you know, you guys are going to have strongholds. You got to fight them off together and not sit here and be fighting with each other against the problem because that never works. So, I mean, it's really something that I think we need to reflect on personally and in our marriage. I think everybody has these strongholds that are just overtaking them and we're just not doing a good job of uh, recognizing them, admitting them, renouncing them. And just and just standing on that truth that God has for us. Um, but I think that we can. You just have to <laughs> humble yourself. Don't be prideful. Don't be stubborn. And just you know, say this is an issue in my marriage, and I want to fix it. But I have to take some accountability in saying this is my issue. This is something that I need to fix. And then you know, either pray to God and ask him how to fix it or talk to your spouse and figure out how together you can fix it. Because I guarantee you, if we start killing these strongholds and knocking them out, a lot of our marriage issues are going to start diminishing, going away. I'm not saying everything will, and I'm not saying nothing will ever come back. But what I am saying is we learn these tools and tips and keys on how to do this. We can start changing how marriage can be like it doesn't God intended it to be this beautiful wonderful thing and a lot of people are hating it because they don't have the right tools in their tool belt to know how to effectively communicate and figure out how to break these strongholds and have a marriage that's joyful and happy and not miserable because they're just fighting all the time so I want you guys to really be thinking and reflecting and praying on this because again strongholds are something we all have we need to figure out what they are so that we can just stop. Just stop letting the enemy win. He's just trying so hard to just oh, steal, kill, and destroy us. And we just need to nip that in the bud as soon as we can. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. This wraps up episode five. Uh, I will be back with another episode hopefully tomorrow. Uh, I love any feedback I can get any topics that you would like elaborated on or spoken about, you can reach out to me. I should have a comment section. If not, you can always email me at the happy spouse, happy house at gmail.com. That is the email right now that I'm working for this, that I can just receive advice. Like, can I get this advice, prayers, all this stuff? Um, for the podcast i i always love having more topics to talk about i mean i have a ton already but i you know sometimes god just speaks through people and speaks to me about different topics like i wasn't even gonna do this today i was gonna do something else and this one was like nope i gotta do this because this is just too perfect 
it just so coincides with the world and what we need to be talking about. So um, I hope you guys have a fabulous rest of your day and we will see you in the next episode. God bless.